Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. Hi, dear listeners. This is Aaron Jonas uh, speaking to you from the Reach Out Project. I want to welcome you to Central Asia, and I really wish that I could invite you all to come and see for yourself the large steppes and the deserts and the soaring mountains of Central Asia. Uh, you would be able to see a lot of cows and sheep, but depending where you go, you could also see camels and mountain goats and lots of uh, other interesting animals, uh, you would have good fun visiting our area. But it's not the mountains, it's not the deserts why we came here. We are here for the people. And they themselves are very colorful. There, There is dozens of ethnic groups that live in Central Asia. But there are some things that they have in common. One for sure would be their love for meat. You can hardly beat them in that. Uh, but another thing that most of the people groups here have in common is that they are Muslim. Again, just as colorful as the countryside is, as the ethnic variety is, even within the Muslim community, you will find all sorts of uh, religious understandings and religious practice. You have Muslims. We have come across some people who will tell us that uh, Islam forbids drinking wine but it doesn't say anything about fermenting wheat, so drinking vodka is perfectly all right. On the other hand, you find some people here who sympathize with the ISIS, and you have the whole scale in between them. My wife Rebecca and I have spent decades preparing for working with Muslim people. We read the Quran, we read a lot of books uh, that talk about Islam, uh, we read a lot of books that uh, talk about the relationship between Christianity and Islam, about reaching them. We have uh, spoken to people who have uh, been missionaries to Muslim people. And we feel like we have gained some helpful background and experience for what we are going to do. But every person you meet is an original. And you have to rethink how you are going to share the good news with, with every person. Uh, the stories I want to tell you uh, will illustrate the point uh, I am trying to make, and that's why uh, we call today's story Navigating the Treacherous Waters. One day I was visiting a, a city in our country and uh, stumbled across a young man who seemed to be very open to religious discussions and hearing new ideas that he has never heard before. We had very fruitful uh, discussions with him uh, and I gave him an Adventist book at the end of the first day we met. The next day he wants to meet again. When we meet he tells me he already read half of the book I've given him the day before and he wants to talk more. So here we are walking through a big bazaar in that city. Uh, 
I'm sorry you cannot be there with us to smell all the spices but also the fish and meat that's being sold on that hot day <laughs> you cannot be there with us to see the medley of various people from various people groups so we are walking through this crowded bazaar and we are having discussion about about God about his scriptures about his prophets and all of a sudden I get a hand on my shoulder and it was a heavy one and I got a scare <laughs> I turn around and I got even more of a scare when I did because there behind me standing this tall man he was about two meters high he had wide shoulders huge muscles on his arms and on his chest and a big beard and he's all dressed uh, in a very typical Muslim way and this man addresses me and he says hello brother I've been following you for the last 10 minutes and I've been listening to your conversation so now I get a third scare <laughs> I'm looking up uh, to his eyes and uh, I am wondering what is going to happen next and this man from up there uh, he's saying with his mighty voice, I really liked what you what you were saying, and I would like to get to know you. So we get into a little bit of conversation, and he says a few sentences, and I already know that this man belongs to the Wahhabi sect of Islam. If you don't know who the Wahhabis are, probably the quickest way to explain them is to tell you that Osama bin Laden was one of them. So this is Usama's fellow believer. He's standing there hovering above me <laughs> with his huge beard and his big muscly figure. And he turns to me with a question after introducing himself. And he says, so brother, tell me, how did you become a Muslim? I'm standing there looking up at him judging the strength of his muscles and I'm sending up very quick prayer Lord what should I say <laughs> and uh, as I'm praying thoughts are racing through my head I'm thinking okay I can deny my faith and I will be safe and then on the day of judgment Jesus will tell me you denied me before men I'm denying you before the father and I'm thinking, hmm, that's not worth it. I don't want that. So I'm thinking, what else can I do? And I have to think very fast because this man is standing there waiting for my answer. I'm thinking, okay, I can tell him straight, I'm Christian. And uh, I will probably still be safe, but that's going to be the end of our conversation. And I don't know how things are going to turn. And I certainly won't be able to witness to, to a man of this conviction, just judging by other Wahhabis I've met before, by my general experience working with Muslim people. So my thoughts are still racing, my prayers are going very fast to heaven, and I'm thinking, is there maybe a third option besides those two? And I turn to the man, uh, not with an answer, but with a question. I say, you know, brother, my path to God is a very long story. Are you sure you want to hear it? 
And the man smiles at me and says, of course I do. Because he's Central Asian after all, and Central Asians love listening to stories. And the longer the better. So I start. <laughs> and I tell him uh, about growing up in an atheist family. I tell him how I got invited uh, for Bible studies when I was a rebellious youth. And when I first entered the church and heard my first Bible study, the group I attended was talking about Daniel. For you, I can say Daniel chapter 2. Uh, this man never heard of the book of Daniel, even though he knew there was a prophet of that name. So we have something to talk about. And I gave him a lot of background about who Daniel was and all his story. And I didn't forget to mention to him that uh, to this day, uh, they have a tomb of uh, Prophet Daniel in the country of Iraq. And many Muslims choose to go there and pay homage to, to this ancient prophet. So we are connecting. He, like, he likes what he is hearing and he's ready to listen more. So then I start telling him the story of the second chapter of Daniel 2. And I go through all the details and I give him this complete Bible study, <laughs> including all the historical background, which to people in Asia sounds more familiar than it does to us Westerners. By, by this point, we have been talking for a long time and my friend no longer remembers that question he asked me in the beginning. I wonder if you do. He asked me, brother, how did you become a Muslim? I never get to answering his question, but we had this complete Bible study and at the end of it, this big muscly man wraps his huge arms around me and says, brother, I love you. With that, we exchange our phone numbers and, and part and we are actually still in touch and having very good relationship, uh, which is slowly but surely developing towards mutual understanding of uh, spiritual issues. Later that day, I went to see my Adventist friends who live in this city and uh, they have just recently started studying the Bible with three Muslim ladies. They have not gone very far. Those ladies are firm Muslims. And my friends asked me if I could do a tailor-made uh, Bible study with them. I chose uh, Abraham for the topic. And again, we approached uh, this issue from the Quran, which talks about Abraham a good deal. We share the stories. What does the Quran tell us about Abraham? And we realize that the story is very incomplete. So we go into the Bible and talk about those missing bits, expanding on the story, making far more sense of what people know or have heard about. And at the end of our study, I gave a book written by an Adventist pastor for Muslims uh, to one of those ladies who was the most responsive. After that, I returned to my hometown, but a week later, I have a phone call from uh, uh, our sister who is hosting those Bible studies. And she says, you know what? We met this lady again today. And she was really very emotional about the book you have given to her. She is wondering if you put a spell on that book because she just could not stop reading it. This lady loves knitting, but for the whole week, she has not done any knitting because she had no desire. All she wanted to do 
is read this Adventist book. She has read it cover to cover. She really liked what she read to a certain point, but as she was getting to the end, she learned that Jesus is the only way to salvation. And she got pretty upset. But her reaction to this upset was asking my friends if she could have a copy of the Bible because she says, now I want to read the whole of the Bible and make my own mind about it. So that's what she did. She was given a copy of the Bible on that day and she is reading it. You see, if you are working with Muslims, you have to navigate treacherous waters. You stumble a little bit off the path and uh, the consequences can be quite serious. But the Lord is teaching people within the Adventist Church and we are seeing wonderful things happening in front of our eyes. Muslims are coming to know Jesus and not only coming to know him, they are becoming his disciples. They are willing to take great risks to be his follower. And it's a privilege to be part of this. It's a privilege to live among them, see them grow, see them stumble, see them being persecuted, see their faith grow in the process. And I thank you that you are making this possible. Uh, whether you are praying for our project, whether you are supporting it, or perhaps even considering joining us, there is a lot of work to be done in Central Asia. And in whatever way and capacity uh, you can be part of this, I pray that you can be part of our team as we see Central Asia being prepared for the second coming of Jesus Christ. God truly blesses when we do His work. I invite you to join the team that supports the Jonas family with your prayers and gifts. To learn more and to follow the Jonas family online, point your browser to afmonline.org, click on the Missionaries tab, and then select their name from the list. That's afmonline.org, and then select their name from the list. Thank you for listening to Frontier Missions Journal. God bless.